Welcome regulars and welcome to you new to the show. This is the A Year in Horror London Fright Fest 2023 special Boom! Hey, hey, so yes, before we get into the coverage of Thursday at FrightFest 2023, I'm just going to give you a little bit of behind the curtain information on how we're putting this together. Myself and my co-host for this five-part series, Mr. Mark Canali, well, we recorded these reviews and thoughts out of sequence over the past month or so. What I've done then is I've put them in order for each day, much like they would be if you were there and watching them along with us. I've got to admit, I've had pretty much the best time doing it. So if you do enjoy it and you're at the festival when they come out, it's going to be most awesome of you. It'll be a really nice thing if you could share this episode about online or tell your buddies or send us an email. We're at a year in horror at gmail.com or even tweet us at notwellapod, whatever you want to do. Even if you're just consuming it, good on ya. Thank you for listening. And with that, I'm going to hand over to myself and the ever-delightful special guest and my co-host for this Fright Fest experience. It's Mr. Mark Canali. So, we are doing Fright Fest. I'm bloody excited. Um, mm-hmm. I... <laughs> yes, I'm, that's such an understatement. I'm so excited. I think this is yeah. insane. I think it's a dream come true for me. Um, uh, are you excited about attending this virtual fright fest for us? Of course I am. Of course I am. I mean, this is this is it, isn't it? This is the biggie. If you're if you're into your horror, not just horror, but if you're into just your genre of filmmaking, this is this is one of the biggies, isn't it? If not the biggie, yeah, it has been for a long time. I'm beside myself i was just thinking last night and we're in such a fortunate position to be doing this and i i was so gutted when couldn't make it to the actual film festival because of my work because of the proximity to where we both live so tricky and just to have this opportunity to do it virtually and that means that we can get everything recorded in advance and put it out on the days. Yeah, I know. I feel a bit like royalty. I feel a bit kind of like, oh, we're being super spoiled by it. And it's like, oh, nice. That's it. I like that. Like, I feel like with this podcast that this is like a love letter to what we love doing uh, and to be afforded such a such a privileged thing. I'm ecstatic. So, yeah, I just want to say a big thank you to Fright Fest. That's, yeah, me too. Me too. Absolutely. Uh, what history do you have with Fright Fest, if any? Well, the, the 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 history I have with Fright Fest, right, a long, long time ago, back in the mists of time. I mean, Fright Fest has been going since what two thousand, two thousand one, something like that. Yeah. Now, back in those days, as I've mentioned before on the the pod, I used to go to the cinema store in London, and that was my sort of one of my go to places. You know, when I was sort of up there in a uh, St Martin's Lane, wasn't it? And used to go, love going there. And that was my kind of rough trade records. That was where I would go 
there and I would just flick through stuff and just just look at all the amazing things they had in their books, DVDs, magazines, bits and bobs, signed photos downstairs in the basement. That was the cornucopia of delights because that was the kind of DVD space, at least at that time. And you could go down there, had all region one DVDs, which at the time were not easy to get. Yeah, right. You didn't have the, the internet type stuff where you could get hold of this stuff really easy at that time. And certainly didn't have streaming. So this was a lot of the time the only opportunity you could actually get to see these and then have a look through them. And it was great. You laser discs down there, all sorts of I remember all that sort of stuff. It's wonderful. And I remember being down there, and I think it would have been Paul McAvoy one of the co-directors of the, the festival. He was one of the co-owners of the cinema store. I'm pretty sure he used to be down there quite a lot, just behind the till downstairs, you know, chatting away to people or just, you know, flicking through stuff and just, just doing that. And I remember him being downstairs and chatting to someone and talking about Fright Fest. And it would have been, I think, a year or two after it started. It, wouldn't have, it wasn't the first one because I'd already heard of it. I remember that. But I remember there was like a flyer for it. And I remember I probably bought one DVD at like 25 quid or something like that at the time, which at the time was like, you know, 50 quid now. They were so expensive because they were like yeah. one kind of imports. I remember picking up the the flyer and reading it on the way home on the train and just getting really hyped with it and thinking, oh my God, this is, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. This is it. This is going to be my dream come true, a horror festival in London. This is going to be great. Of course I didn't. Of course I didn't. There was no way I was going to go up to London on my own to a, to a festival. <laughs> I was way too socially insecure. Even then, you know, compared to yeah. now. Now, I was never going to do that on my own. So I didn't, but I always kind of regretted it in a way. And I've always kind of watched from afar. And as your life kind of takes you away from stuff like that, it makes it harder to find time for things like that. I just always wish, why didn't I? Why didn't I just do it? Yeah. Why didn't I just go up, see a couple of the movies, just enjoy the the vibe so here we go this is it this is my chance now and even even better i don't have to leave my living room to do it you know, <laughs> i don't it. have to say hello to anyone yeah well sorry uh <laughs> just, to, just to ruin the complete comfort of a uh, social isolation um what, what i would say is that from what i've heard over the last few years when i've been heavily involved in podcasting and like listening and um, for a whole year before i started i was just listening to every horror podcast and of course the celebration in the uk of this thing everything goes nuts twitter goes nuts i love it i love all the discourse uh, and like of course when those embargoes get lifted like people are aching <laughs> just to have a comment, just to say something. And when that's lifted, bang, it's all out there. And I love oh, scrolling through and listening to the podcast and to be part of that environment. I, yeah, I, the social I side of it, it, even though that's, you know, part of it that kind of makes some people uncomfortable in some ways. It's it's also the most appealing part of it in some ways as well, isn't it? That's the, yeah. the conflict with it all. It's like, it's great. It's not just about, watching films it's also about that and, and interacting with that and yeah, yeah yeah so i'm looking forward to being a part of that i'm sure you are too that's it yeah i can't wait i can't wait um the uh there was going to also be a few interviews interspersed with what we are going to be reviewing a lot of them unfortunately have been cancelled because of the the writing strikes and the acting strikes because a lot of them were with uh american californian actors so yeah unfortunately it's going to be mainly us, but I will stick a few in there. Um, 
I'm going to ask you before we uh, move on to start reviewing um, the Thursday, what's your top picks? What are the ones that you're looking forward to the most? No, I think the one that's the most exciting, I think, well, probably the most exciting one, well, where the devil roams is up there. You know, the Adams family, Hellbender's just such a really impressive film. When did you see Hellbender? Pretty recently. Pretty yeah. recently, yeah. It's not it's not one I sort of knew before. I know you sort of were a big fan of it. And sometimes when I see you sort of highly rate stuff, you know, I'll pop it in the watch list and come to it later. I mean, I'd say sort of contemporary horror is not something I get to see an awful lot of. It's just, you know, don't have a huge amount yeah. of time in the evenings to watch stuff like that, unless I make time, obviously, for something like this. But um, so that's another reason it's going to be quite interesting doing this. But yeah, Hellbender to me, they're just so much yeah, brilliant film. It's such an annoyingly talented bunch of people making yes. it. But this, you know, their new film, well, great. I'm, I'm totally up for that. That's that's really exciting. Other than that, I guess I hate to be really predictable, but the two Japanese films that are on there, you know, you've got River, which is uh, Junta Yamaguchi's follow-up to Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes. Cannot wait for that. Massive fan of the first one. Just going to be really exciting to see what he does next. And and the, the, the kind of mysterious one, My Mother's Eyes by Takeshi Kushida. I mean, I don't know much about him or or it, but certainly from the poster, very odd poster and a very odd synopsis and from yeah. what I've seen trailer-wise, very odd film. So that's going to be really interesting as well. Yeah. So I, but, you know, there's, there's so much there. You know, there's I, so much going on. Suitable Flesh looks great trailer. Monolith, another great trailer. Lots of stuff I'm really interested in. Well, I got an email from the director of My Mother's Eyes directly, uh, putting it straight into our inbox. So I can't wait. Yeah, like ah. it's so good to like actually be speaking with these directors. Like there's because I've been watching so many films, when the actual director themselves pops you in their film, I'm like straight back to them. I'm saying, oh, that last film of yours, I loved it, except for this little bit. You know, I love doing that. Exactly. I mean, it's this is again another one of the great things where you are now in that position where it's breaking down that wall a little bit, isn't it? Where yeah. you, when you get these interviews, this is another way of breaking down that wall. You're actually now reaching behind that screen a bit more and finding out that stuff and about the people themselves. I'm I'm so dead excited about it. Uh yeah, I'll give you my top three. Um yeah. so uh, Suitable Flesh is my number three that I'm looking forward to. Joe Lynch, uh, he did Mayhem, Wrong Turn 2. And this one's about a supernatural curse, so it's exciting. I'm like, oh, I want that. But we've yet to get the screener, so who knows, who knows? I know, um, I know. And my number two is The Return of Hammer Horror with Dr. Jekyll. We've got Susie Izzard in that, and fingers crossed I can get a talk to her. But yeah, my number one's with you, man. Uh, Where the Devil Roams, The Adams Family. Yeah. They did something that give me tingles with Hellbender. So, oh, imagine. I got, yeah. And when I, I started going through the back catalogue and I've watched everything and it's all great. So I can't wait. Like, they're not going to yeah. let me down. They better not let me down. <laughs> uh, anyway, let, let's go. Let's get into these reviews. Let's okay, start. let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. And yeah, this is how this miniseries is going to run. I'm going to play some music. I'm going to put it in right here. And I'm going to introduce each film. 
If myself or Mark manage to see that film, then we're going to head straight into the review. And if we don't, we're simply going to keep the music playing and then roll on to the next one until we hit one that we have seen. So let's begin, shall we? At 5.45, the opening film of the festival this year, it's Suitable Flesh. It is the European premiere of it. It was at the Empire Studio screen. Director was Joe Lynch and it stars Heather Graham, Barbara Crampton, Bruce Davison, Jonathan Scharch. It's a USA production. It's 100 minutes long. Following this, at 8.15, in the super screen, it is a world premiere. It is Punch. The director of this one is Andy Edwards. The film stars Alina Allison, Kirsten Waring, Jamie Lomas, Faye Campbell. It's a UK production and is 80 minutes long. Did you hear that? Hear what? This sort of weird, high-pitched voice. It's just the wind or the sea. It could be Mr. Punch. Cut out. He's Mr. Punch. Legend says that he stalks the town at night, looking for teenagers. Girls misbehaving in particular. He, he hits the head with a big, fat club. Toxic masculinity in the flesh. And on nights like this, when the wind howls, you can hear him laughing as he murders another teenager that was doing something they shouldn't. It's not real. So here is the first of two films at Fright Fest, set in Hastings. Uh, just why Hastings is now the, the focus of. Of British horror film. Amazing. <laughs> Probably for good reason. Uh, this is Punch. And the synopsis is, a young girl celebrating her last night out in her hometown is stalked by a mysterious killer in a Mr. Punch mask. Nice, short, sweet synopsis. Like that. Nice, short, sweet review. Yeah, let, let's like there's going to be a few of these uh, coming up where we're just going to give you a couple of minutes on, on the film. I think four or five of them. But yeah, they need mentioning. So yeah, punch. There's a few things I've got to mention about this. So first of all, it's so well lit. Like it's really well done. I, such a positive. I, I was at points ridiculously impressed and was just sitting back letting this one flow over me. It's clearly low budget someone really knows what they're doing it never felt like it always felt unrealistic but never felt too tacky and taking you out of it which is really good it's like hyper real and i love that i also love that it was set in hastings and was in hastings that was cool yeah. uh i've been to some of them places and claire was watching this with me my wife and she was like oh remember when we went there with uh mark so yeah there we go little <laughs> thing for, between us that we think oh that's nice yeah. also i saw a really nice willy in the film <laughs> it's not often i get to see a penis in a horror film and there we go that was that was good yeah, that's a highlight for you um yeah and i also another good thing punch dispatches everyone that can't act in the film which was a great <laughs> idea <laughs> fantastic oh dear 
I loved it. And here's the thing, right? This film, for the for the majority of it, I did not like. I just thought it was cheap as chips, sort of thing. I, I, <laughs> and but it didn't it didn't do enough with it. Apart from the lighting, which was outstanding, there was several issues with regards to like script and things like that. But what I will say is the way it all got together at the end. I I was fully invested. I don't know how it did it. It like picked me up from my boots and went, no, no, you got the wrong end of the stick here. Just have a good time. Stop being so up yourself. Smack me uh, over the head with a truncheon. There we go. So yeah, that was it. That's uh, my thoughts on punch. I I loved it. I, I, I'm more positive about you about some of it. I really liked a lot of the script. I thought the script was actually really good. I thought a lot of the performances were really good. I thought it was, a really, you know, going for that kind of social realist type thing, it, you know, can fall flat on its face. I mean, you know, you're not going to get Ken Loach here, but at the same time, considering this was set in Hastings and a lot of it was filmed in Hastings, there's a lot of bits that, that, that weren't. I mean, there was quite a, bit, a few bits in Clacton, which is you know, ah. the same thing. But I mean, there's a lot going on in this film. That's what really impressed me about it. This This is a film that is clever. And it's clever in a lot of in a lot of sort of levels, you know. This is saying a lot about being in a seaside town like this, living in a growing up in a seaside town, trying sure. to escape a seaside town, like you know. And and yeah, we don't sort of well. You almost live in a seaside town. We've obviously beaten. We're obviously in a, these places quite a lot because we live near them, and I live near Hastings, so I know that kind of place. And it, you know, these places do have that kind of atmosphere. And there were bits where, you know, this is a night in Hastings. And, you know, I've been in Hastings at night. And, you know, that's that's 90% of the fear of this film, to be honest with you. Not the guy, not the guy in the punch mask, you know, doing that and saying that's the way they do it. it literally, the scariest thing is who you're fucking going to meet around the corner yeah. Yeah. in Hastings. And it kind of does that. It works quite well. And I, I like the characters in a kind of slightly annoying kind of way. I kind of, I like them. You know, I thought, they felt quite real. Yep. And yep. I yep. felt bad when a lot of them were being dispatched. You know, it was like, wow, he's, he's going to kill all them as well. You know, he's setting up sympathetic characters. And yeah, right. He's just getting rid of proper slasher level type stuff. He's just going to take out everyone. I loved the bit in the party. You know, you know, you, you had your willy. I loved the bit with like the guys like literally smashing people's skulls in. Not the best effects, but you know, smashing skulls in real horror and then there's two people in the background with their phones out just filming it yeah i thought that bit was just like it was so good and so kind of clever and creepy and i couldn't figure out if it was a kind of black mirror type thing of something going on or if it was just some sort of take on the fact of people doing this kind of thing or were they so spaced out of those drugs or something like it was just really clever really really well done we're laughing about it yeah. This film has the best drone shots I have seen in any film. <laughs> Literally, I think there are some brilliant drone shots. This is like places like Hastings and and Clacton on Sea at night, and there was a shot, that, a drone shot where it had been flipped upside down, and it I had to flip, I had to go back and just watch it again because when I watched it, it almost made me sort of like tip backwards, and like, it was so clever and just Lovely. like the score brilliantly simple really just but 
really good, really menacing, dark kind of score, just these really low tones. Was it was it perfect? No, it just needed, I think, a little bit more to lift it to that kind of really, really good level. I think it kind of stayed along a kind of, yeah, let's have a lot of conversation about leaving or about staying or about relationships getting broken down and, well, you know, the, the idea of being stuck in a place like this. They did talk about it an awful lot. Yeah. And it, it felt sometimes like the, the the kind of slasher element was getting left behind a little bit at times and it would just pop up every now and again rather than actually feeling like I, I wanted it kind of to go a bit sort of terrifier, a bit kind of really far. I really wanted it to be punctuated by really sort of mad kind of violence or something which would have broken up that sort of dialogue heavy sort of approach it was going with at times. But I was genuinely impressed with it for such a low-budget film for a director that hasn't got a lot of kind of... I looked at his sort of previous films, not watched the films, but just looking at them and mm. not nothing there that would suggest that he'd make something this clever. That sounds really... so like damning with faint praise there. But seriously, I think this is a genuinely impressive film. I would, I would definitely recommend people actually watch it, even though it doesn't look like the sort of thing that you'd think, yes... That's such a lovely positive take from that because I mean, as I say, put this with the seaside town thing, like when I watch St. Maud, which I do quite regularly, the way that takes the seaside town is so realistic. And as I said about this one, it's not, it's hyper real. So you do get all <laughs> the recognizable things, but like everything's, everything's so sort of yeah. removed slightly. But St. Maud, for me, was so much about that one character. Right. And and you didn't really... Get, I mean, the, the stuff, yeah, she would go to certain places and experience certain things within yeah. that environment. But a lot of the time you felt it was really about her, not so much about where she was or, or anything like that. You know, it was more of a character piece than a social piece. This felt like it was at least trying to be a social piece and actually say something within the framework of a slasher movie, a fairly simple kind of slasher movie that actually was quite profound. And then you get to that ending and it sort of doubles down on it. And it's, yeah. as you say, it's a really clever ending. Cause I thought we were in sort of David Lynch territory at points, like thinking, what's, why is somebody just watching this and, you know, these terrible things going on. And then, it felt really odd, but then it all kind of comes together at the end, and you're like, think, ah, okay. And, and I would say, hell, yeah. be, now, let's let's stop here purely because we'll get into spoiler territory. Yes, and right, this has, no, no, no. I won't, I won't cut you. Don't you spoil anything. But this is the thing. This is a film that's going to create discussion if it affects you in that way. And as I say, by the end of it, it did. It got me. Uh, I wasn't with, with it to begin with. I was just with certain elements. So, yeah, I also recommend it. And who would have thought, like, what a way to kick off the festival for us. So I understand that Suitable Flesh opens it, but we didn't get to see that one. So this is the first one for us. This is our opener. And, yeah, I think it's a great start. Yeah. Following that, at 8.25 on the Empire Studio screen, it is the UK premiere of The Dive. The director is Maximilian Erlin Wine. Erlin Fine? Erlin Fine. Erlin Fine. It stars Sophie Lowe. It stars Louisa Krauss. It's German. It's 100 minutes long. It's pretty steep. It's all right. 
I still get a bit nervous every time. Nervous is good. Excitement's a good thing. May? What's wrong? Do you hear this? Right, okay, so now we are into the dive. The yes. dive. Do you want a synopsis? Yeah, go on. Remind <laughs> me. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I've got a feeling some of these are going to be, oh, remind me what, what happened in that film. I had to go over one of them today just to remind myself. So, geez, Louise. Okay, um, here we go. Synopsis of the dive. Two sisters go diving at a beautiful remote location. One of the sisters is struck by a rock, leaving her trapped 28 metres below. With dangerously low levels of oxygen and cold temperatures, it's up to her sister to fight for her life. Mm. Wow. Okay. This this one it opens with a drone shot, and don't I, they all? <laughs> no, well, this is the thing: drone shots get a bad reputation. Maybe okay. <laughs> maybe drones get a bad reputation. Mm. And it rubs off, uh, but I love a drone shot. I want to see the area that we're in. I'm good. I have. I don't really have any problem with them. I mean, ultimately, it gives every low budget filmmaker the opportunity to do the opening of The Shining. That's that's kind of it, isn't it? You know, it's like, what's wrong with that? That's what you've always wanted, right? <laughs> yeah. So okay. yeah, this this is like that. Yeah. I love being uh, invited to do this. Um, I'm seeing all these films, and that they're not out yet, so we don't know what the general consensus is. So yeah. we're stuck in stuck in it, and like we've got no other opinions. I love this sort of thing. So I'm going to ask you. I have formulated opinion of this after 15 minutes, but first of all, the dive. What did you think? Yeah, I liked it. I did like it. I thought I thought it was a good, tight little thriller. It doesn't waste any time. It's got a good runtime, you know. It's like it's a nice classic ninety minutes. You know, exciting, tense, kind of little drama, and that 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 works really well. And it's nicely shot. Um, you're saying about the drone shots and stuff, but it is it is really nicely shot. It's in a nice yeah. location. It's nicely put together. The underwater shots really nicely done you know which is obviously pretty important in a film like this and and i liked i also liked the sort of performances and stuff i thought these i thought that they were quite convincing as as a pair of sisters i thought you know certainly at first i felt that actually it was a quite a convincing relationship i didn't i, I was kind of comparing it to um fall you know the the one about oh, sort of the, the, the two girls that go climbing up the tower and getting trapped at the top. Yeah, this kind of the other way around. In a way. But sort of, I I, so I was kind of comparing it and thinking like one of the big flaws in in Fall was just how annoying the characters were. I, I think for most people, anyway, certainly for me, you just couldn't kind of get on their side because you, you know most of the time you were just wishing they would fall a lot of the time. It's like yeah. This felt, you know, you were taken, you were taken in better into the story better, I think, because the characters were more likable. 
and you're more comfortable yeah. when you're more interested in the story i think did you like uh it's not as random as you think did you like one cut of the dead Yes, I loved okay. one cut of the dead. Yes. Loved it. Okay, you know there's a remake of that, and it, it's I think it's a French remake. Okay, it's just I didn't come know out. There was a remake. Okay, I mean so, I'm not surprised. I think I think I did may have heard that you know something was going to be planned, but okay. Can I just think to myself, what is the point of that? Hmm. Fifteen minutes into this film, I was like, I've seen this film. <laughs> how and, and i double checked no no this is a brand new film like mm-hmm. two people have watched it on letterbox or something so like this mm-hmm. is but this is the film right this is correct and it follows what the synopsis says right got it i've seen it and then another five minutes in right that's exactly what i knew would happen i got to the end of the film knowing beat for beat what was happening uh what the hell's going on and then i looked it up and it You're a precog. <laughs> it, uh, yes, it is. Yes, I remember reading. So, bloody hell. 2020. Yeah. It's not old. Just like One Cut of the Dead, they've remade this. Right. Uh, this film I watched is called Breaking Surface. And uh... I am so down about this, the way that this film's been put together. Because in the sort of description of it, when, when I went in and had a little look, it said that um, it was inspired by or based on. Uh, it is not. It's like the Psycho remake. There is beat for beat bits in here. Yeah. It's really bizarre to watch how it's constructed. Um, right. They've changed a few things, um, but I didn't re-watch the whole thing. I was skipping through my copy because I loved it so much. I got a copy of it. So, uh, so, what, you, so what you're basically saying is the original... You would have said the same as me. You you would have said, yeah, that that sounds exactly like you would have thought the original yeah. was. I cannot compare it because it's too soon. That's I don't know amazing, if this yeah. one is is well. I think it's worse, but only because I was so gripped the first time around. But yes. I know all the beats. I know right. that she's gonna have to. You, you, well, I I know the the result, the end result. I'm not going to spoil it, but I know yeah. the end result of how this is going to play out, yeah. and it played out in the exact same way. Now, I can see why the director, he's called Maximilian Erlenwein. Erlenwein. Uh, he was inspired by that movie. It's really engaging. It's really well edited, cut, paced brilliantly. Was it his movie? Has he remade it? Or is it literally, was he a different? Different. Oh, wow. Yeah, different. It, <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's, it's madness. And I've never felt that before while watching a movie. Like, I've seen this before. I did feel like a precog. I, I know every beat, but something's wrong something slightly different and that's what it is that's like, mad i was gutted yeah because yeah, like, like the whole yeah. point of this this is a one watch right like you don't want to go back and watch it again because you've you've seen it you've done it you've had that yeah. thrill ride oh man I feel sorry for you well see there you go i've watched it for the first time and i thought it was great but, but there you go. Maybe we should have just. I should have just watched the original. See that one passed me by. That one did. So I can't even say I'd heard of it. I mean, I even looked up after I watched it. I kind of looked up other kind of because I thought to myself, okay, it's not the most original film, really. I can imagine there being other films about being trapped underwater. Let's be honest, there's got to be quite a few. And I was kind of going through a list of them, mm-hmm. and I don't remember that one being in it. You know, it was all serious. Yeah, it was other ones about being trapped in sort of submarines and things like that. Not not anything like that. But 
I, I recommend yeah. you watch it, and I'd love to know if you had the same. Well, I have done by the sounds of it. That's it. Like, <laughs> do do you think that a Breaking Surface, if you watch that second, is that better or worse than oh, the dive? Man. That'd be interesting. Well, so, I suppose so. We've got to score it. Got to score it. So uh, that's what we do on a year in horror. Um, it's harsh, but and not fair. But that's the way we roll. So I'm giving this one a four out of ten. Really. Well, I gave it a six, so there you go. Following that, at 10.40, it is Law, and this is the world premiere of Law. It's on the super screen. Uh, the director is James Bush, Patrick Ryder, and Greg Johnson. It stars Ben Crompton, Bill Fellows, Richard Brake, I love Richard Brake, and Andrew Lee Potts. It's a UK production. 87 minutes. Before any man set foot on this soil, there was an evil here. It lived in this place. <laughs> there is a custom that we carry out on every child. You tell a story that you fear. Charlie? fable that haunts you. There's a way of feeding the evil that resides here. Who's brave enough to talk to the dead? You are good. Like a bit old school, but I like it. Good and bad doesn't come into it. So, Law is next. And the synopsis for this one is on a weekend trip to Scotland... For scare-loving friends, book a ghostly horror-themed camping excursion. That night, around the campfire, Darwin, their strange and creepy guide, encourages them to tell the most twisted stories they fear. And Bernard's totem that will help feed the evil that lives there. It's a very badly written synopsis, but there you go. That's it. I'm not even going to read that again. <laughs> you can just use that one. <laughs> Hey, that is as it is read in the trailer. I'm sure of it. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm not going to read the rest. Right, anyway, Paul, what did you think of the uh, the film Law? Hi, Mark. Uh, yeah. Okay. So this one, uh, I like an anthology. And when the Fright Fest reviews come out, I'm always like, oh, wow, another one. And I do love an anthology. I don't like watching short films. I just build myself up on these anthologies because that's what they are. They pull them all together, give it a nice wraparound, bosh. Amicus, uh, I love you. So here we go. <laughs> the first story here is about a man on the run who hides out in a warehouse where a creature of some sort is also hiding out. I've got nothing to say about this one. This is one of those that you just think, <laughs> why is that first? And then afterwards you think, oh, yeah. why is it in there? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's. I'm not going to be mean. So let's just move on. Second one is a mum and child that inherit a big old house and I wonder if it's haunted again whatever uh, now the next one third one Rufus Hound right <laughs> so he's wanting to do a wife swap and he falls into this occult madness and I fucking loved it I love this uh, this segment of it so much it it just doesn't matter what else has gone before it like I love that it's so short and precise and it's folk horror inspired and the comedy beats work. Rufus, 
I haven't seen him for years, and he, he looks like a mess, like puffed up. I don't know what drugs he's, he's been just on getting older like the rest of us. <laughs> I loved it, uh, and he was great in it. Yes, um, yeah, I had the best time with that one. Like just, just the whole idea of Rufus Hound in a wife swap does it for me. Uh, right, okay, so that's that. Fourth one, and I know I'm going to ask you in a sec to, to give your thoughts, but fourth one uh, is an odd one. So it's a cinema worker called Gareth, and he gets fired. <laughs> Sorry. And he, yeah, he, he gets fired and he goes nuts uh, on all the late night patrons in the cinema. So it's sort of like one of those, like, really, I don't know, I'm sure you've been there at a cinema, gone midnight, and you're like, you get out and no one else is there. And it's just like, oh, God. Like, no one wanted to see that film with me. And I've got to walk home in the dark. So it's like that. But I also love the wraparound, uh, which Richard Brake, who I've spoken to recently uh, for this podcast, he is the horror glue here. Like, it holds it all together. He he could just read you your shopping list and it'd be like, fuck, I'm not going shopping. <laughs> you know, I think he's great. Um, so... I don't know what approach you want to take, Mark. That was mine. It's just like, bang, bang, bang. One's great. Okay, Gareth's all right. Right, yeah. I mean, I'll agree with you on quite a lot of that. Um, basically, yes. I'll, I'll go with the wraparound I loved. I actually thought some of the performances were brilliant in that. It was genuinely really quite funny. And not, you know, not just Richard Bray. I thought some of the others I thought were actually really well cast. It gave a good few laughs. Yeah. Honest laughs, just from the way it was sort of performed and written. Um, and the denouement, the actual reason, as these film, these sort of portmanteaus have this sort of idea at the end, the wraparound has its own kind of ending. I thought that was super clever too. Yep, cool. That was really nicely done. Yeah, first one, completely agree with you. I, I literally had my head in my hands, like, oh, oh my god, what am I? What are we getting into? Yeah. This, this is this is oh dear. <laughs> I actually didn't mind the second one, only because it it kind of had a sort of like. And a, a sort of Silent Hill esque sort of style to it, and you know the kind of the the sort of the spirits, the way it was made and stuff like that, reminded me of Silent Hill, the film, not not so much the gang. You know, had that sort of very sort of early early two thousands kind of what's a bit creepy kind of thing, and I thought it was quite fun. I thought it was quite good. Didn't mind it at all. Um, third one, Rufus Hound, and you're like looking, thinking Rufus Hound. What is, what is this? Within like 10 seconds of that story starting, I was like, bloody hell, he's good. Yeah. What I, I mean, he plays the shittiest character. And I mean, it could be just played so so much for laughs to be really bad, but he plays it so well that it's funny and like disgusting and hor- you know, just <laughs> a horrible character. So that just sets the rest of it up so brilliantly. Because he's obviously the centre of the the whole thing, you know what what's happening to him. He has to be that kind of, and it's just funny and great. I I completely agree with you. And Gareth and he's yeah, and he's basically Halloween all over again in the in the um the cinema. I quite enjoyed that. I thought there was a couple of good laughs in that as well. Yeah, yeah. I I thought I I enjoyed the movie way more than I I felt I should have done. Which was nice, you know. It's like one of those things where at the beginning you're a bit, I'm really not sure. Yeah, and by yeah. the end you're like, oh, that was quite a relief. <laughs> Thank God, that was actually all right. <laughs> yeah, funny. Um, I, I've written down a fun slice of nonsense, which is, you know, 
Yeah, why not? Like, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you want that. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, so so I, I, I gave it a six. I gave it a solid six, which is, you know, an enjoyable evening out. I'm with you. I averaged it up. I gave, and on average, I gave it five. But this film deserves more than five because of like the two great things. You got the wraparound, you got Rufus. And I, as I say, and you say, uh, the Gareth segment in the cinema was pretty good too. So I'm going to have to ignore the average and I'm going to give it a six as well. If it was all that Rufus hound story made as a whole (laughs) film, would it have been as good? No, I I think. Probably, I don't know. I think I like the idea of those, particularly that story being that short in a way, because it just was kind of chaotic and a bit, you know, it helped the bizarreness of the story. You know, I I feel that that worked really nicely. And I think it works as well as any kind of mid-level amicus portmanteau. You know, same sort of feel, you know, that kind of thing where you can see it's not literally the ultimate in terms of quality, but just just a, a fun watch. It's one of those times I wish we were there rather than watching a screener as well, because imagine being in the cinema yeah. for like the final scenes of that segment. I would have just been loving, yeah. loving it. Yeah, I think I think there will be a lot of there will be that kind of thing. There'll be a lot of laughs in the screen as well, which is always nice with that kind of with that kind of horror, because I think there are some genuinely funny bits. And that always really helps if you're watching that kind of film in, in a packed cinema screen. That's law. Um, I love love law. I love the whole idea of it. Yeah, I just the other bits I didn't quite like just bring it down a little bit for me. But I would highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. Following that, at ten fifty-five, the world premiere of Cheat. If you saw this one, you saw it at the Empire Studio screen. The director was Nick Sinakis and Kevin Ignatus. I want to say the surname is Ignatus, so I'm going to stick with that. It stars Corin Clay, Mick Taylor, Danielle Grotsky and April Clark. It's a USA production. It is 85 minutes long. Tonight we celebrate Abby's life. While cut short, it's important to remember the good times. We're continuing to keep her and her memory alive through our scholarship foundation. We have a remarkable young woman who's the first recipient of that award, and she's here with us tonight. You have such a beautiful home. I'm sorry my wife couldn't be here to greet you. This whole thing's been really hard now. What happened with Abby? Another suicide. We have one of the highest suicide rates in the country. I'm not saying the curse is real, but the story is. What's the curse? Clara Miller. She found out her father was having an affair. She decided to take matters into her own hands. Clara would kill anyone that cheated. The next film that we've seen is called Cheat. Uh, Here's your synopsis. On the surface, it's believed to be another urban legend. A supernatural being from the afterlife is violently killing anyone who cheats on a significant other. Oh, yeah, that's what this film's about. In a small college town of Silver Creek, Pennsylvania. But the town's unusually high suicide rate is finally convincing both locals and college students, of course, (laughs) that everything is not all it seems. 
Wow, that's in wow, Mark. <laughs> what do you think of this one? Cheat. Okay. Yeah, that, that synopsis makes it sound boring. And it's absolutely bang on the money. Yeah, this I this didn't really work for me. Um it in the first couple of sort of five, ten minutes, I was kind of okay. Here we go. Again, we start off drone shots. Okay, here we go. This is the you kind of starting to get the feel of where a lot of these sort of modern horror for low budget horror films are kind of going with and you get that. And and I thought, okay, the actual main character, I thought, okay, here's an interesting character. This is, you know, this this going into an interesting situation. Yeah. My setup, this this has got some potential. I, you know, the synopsis didn't, as as you've just said, didn't exactly set it up for being particularly brilliant, but okay, you never know. And I did abs I I got absolutely caught by a jump scare near the beginning. Three minutes. I'm not going to say exactly when because like yeah, oh, <laughs> sorry, sorry, I, I didn't say 15 minutes. Let's say 14 minutes. That'll get them. <laughs> yes, I got absolutely caught with it, which I hate getting caught with jump scares. It's like you know, you really shouldn't be getting caught with those now. But it was a really cheap one as well, and it was like <sighs> that's pissed me bastards. right off, Mark. It was <laughs> so <bastards>. cheap. <laughs> and basically, from that moment though, it just my main issue with the whole thing is it's just not that great an idea and it's just not that scary an idea the way it's done and and the thing is if you're going to make a horror film you don't have to have the world's greatest idea but if it's not a particularly brilliant idea i mean let's be honest it's a bit of a rip-off of it follows and but it doesn't have any of the kind of the the wits or the the depth or the the menace of it follows. It has none of that. It just kind of drifts off and ends up doing that thing where it doesn't quite know where it is or what it's doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm with you. I feel like it's all about unfaithfulness. Uh, there is a couple having sex, but zero chemistry. There's no reason mm. uh, at all why they would. Nothing presented to us anyway. Maybe it happened off off camera, but then yeah. why would that do happen? Yeah. The conversations between the the young adults they're so stilted yeah. and unnatural. Uh, again, it's annoying. But I do like a uh, uh, sort of ghostly girl in white as your you know your protagonist. Yeah. Been done a million times, but I don't yeah. mind. But do it well, like you say. You've got to execute these things well. That's the thing. I mean, it's, some of it's kind of filmed quite nicely. A lot you have that sort of thing, but I just felt zero atmosphere and kind of you say, yeah, the, 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 that protagonist, yes, that Onryu, as we would call him in Japan, the the, the girl in the, the white dress and the long dark hair kind of thing. But she's not particularly scary, you know. She's she's I don't know whether it's just the way they kind of edited it or filmed it or just the I don't know she just kind of appears and just looks a little bit kind of okay oh that's clearly meant to be the thing and that's it you know it doesn't really feel like she's particularly menacing or disturbing or you know she doesn't do anything that's pretty she just walks to people again the it follows thing you know it's like yeah 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 yeah. i i it's i think it sets itself up because it follows is such a well-made film it's such a clever film it's upsetting me that you keep mentioning it in yeah, the it's, it's true, but they can't movies. help it. It's clearly what the riff they're going off of. And, and you know, as you say, you've got this script, which is just not great. The dialogue does not sound natural. It's There's no 
interplay between a lot of the people. There's there's a lot of performances, not so much the main performances, they're okay. But some of the kind of smaller performances are really off. I don't I don't know whether mm. it was just, yeah, obviously non-actors maybe taking roles and so on, but they're filmed in such a way where they want them to be quite important scenes and quite important moments. And I, they're not pulling, pulling it off kind of thing. It's not, it's not working. Yeah. And you've got a soundtrack as well that I just felt was essentially a, a bit of a, you know, it's just a kind of synth wave doodling that didn't really add anything to the atmosphere or, or anything I mean, like that. Am I being too harsh? I wrote that the score was moribund. <laughs> Is that is Ooh. that too? <laughs> oh, look, we say all this, but thank goodness, you know, it's a horror film, uh, yeah. and they've included zero gore. So not only yes, is your film boring, right, yes. but everything cuts away. We don't get to yeah. see anything except the, the after effects of a bit of blood spatter. Yeah, I'm not having this at all. Yeah, like, that's right. Come on, at least give us that. That's it. That is that is right. It's as if they literally take away all the bits that we would sort of love about horror films. So there's no, you know, they, they chuck a few jump scares in, but there's only, yeah, there's a, just a couple of kind of sort of at the beginning, and and then you kind of they take away any of the gore, they take away any of the atmosphere, they take, you know, it's not got a they ain't got a great score. I mean, I feel like I'm being really sort of mean about it. I, mean, I shouldn't be that mean. As We're I say, nice it, about plenty of it's other put films, together okay. okay, and it's filmed quite nicely. It just doesn't quite hold together, and it doesn't quite hold your attention that much. And again, if you don't really care, you're going to struggle to to get involved in it. I think we should stop before we get fired. Um, I'll tell you what, I'm I want to give this less. Go and watch now. it. Um, two out of ten, I'm giving this, and I think it's lucky to get that at the moment. The way I feel about this film, I gave it three out of ten. So there you go, being generous. So that's it, people. If you like what you heard, why not subscribe to the regular show? Every month I choose a year at random out the bag and then I watch all the horror films that came out in that year that scored a three or five or above on Letterboxd. And then I invite guests on and I chat about them with those guests. That's what I do. There is also a Patreon channel where you can support the show and get at least four exclusive episodes per month. That is patreon.com forward slash a year in horror. And if you think to yourself, no, no, that's too much hassle. Sod that, I'm not doing that. Well, then why not just rate the show? Apparently, that extends the reach. Is that true? Do algorithms still work in that way? I don't know. I'm going to be honest with you. I just don't know. I don't know. Anyway, you Fright Fest fannies, I'm going to see you tomorrow on a year in horror.